Welcome to Knowing Faith After the Fact, where we answer practical tips or pick up on themes that we didn't have time to get to during a regular broadcast. Here we go. I've got JT, and I get to do it. talk to you about one of, I hope, one of your favorite things. I love it. Um, I don't know. We'll see what you ask. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, one of the things that I hear most frequently coming out of people who've participated in the training program is how that idea of false stories has sort of captured their thinking and is yeah. shaping the way that they view the world. You talk a lot about false stories that people live in. And so uh, I was wondering if you could just sort of give us a snapshot of what some of those are. Yep. But then I'm also interested in knowing which of those false stories do you think uh, you most typically see people living in? Like one or two that you think are have a particular grip on us today? I do love this question, and I do love talking about it. So this is a part of the first lecture in the training program yeah. where we're trying to tell people that a huge part of discipleship is being able to identify the story that you think is the default story of the world, that you don't even think that when you get up out of bed mm-hmm. and your feet hit the ground every morning, you're living in a story that helps you make sense of reality. Babette Buster has a quote that I love that says, he who tell, tells the best story wins. Mm-hmm. Or there's another one that basically says, you, you can't know what you're going to do until you know what story you find yourself a part mm-hmm. of. And so part of discipleship is being able to identify the false stories we live in so that we can become better participants in the true story. So one of the things we'll start doing is naming these false stories. And this isn't like an exhaustive list. I just made, I made these up mm-hmm. uh, when I was, I, did, I didn't make up all the ideas, but I was like, what are the false stories you live in? So here are a few that, that might make sense. So one false story is the story of romanticism that basically tells us you are your emotions. Uh, the other false story is the story of consumerism, that the good life is just consuming high quality goods and having as much as you can have. Another false story is the false story of rationalism, that whatever seems reasonable to you and rational to you must be right, or the false story of pragmatism, that whatever works must be true. The false story of individualism, this is a huge one, basically, Mm -hmm. that I'm at the center of all things, Mm -hmm. that kind of the rugged individual, the autonomous self is the center of all things. Another huge one is progressivism, that things are getting better, and just with advancements in science and technology Mm -hmm. and humanity, that tomorrow is going to be better today, and today is better than yesterday. False story of secularism, that there's nothing supernatural about the world we're living in that really starts and ends with humanity. False story of perfectionism, you have to be perfect in order to be loved. Or the false story of American civil religion, this is one that really can mm, get some That's pe- not a hot button issue <laughs> right? at all. Right? But like, so let's just think about that one for a second. This is what Christian Smith calls moral therapeutic deism. It's mm-hmm. kind of this Americana understanding of Christianity the story that tells you that we should really cut all the rough edges off of Christianity and replace them with American civil religion. Uh, people think to themselves, oh, that's not me. I don't mm-hmm. I don't participate in that false story. So sometimes we'll do diagnostic tests for people. And this comes from somebody, I, I consider myself a patriot. I'm grateful to be an American, but how do you know if you're living in the false story of American civil religion? Well, uh, do you think making the sign of the cross is superstitious if you're praying, but putting your hand over your heart Doing, during the Pledge of Allegiance isn't superstitious, mm-hmm. right? Like you're participating in a ritual, which is fine. Put your hand over your heart and pledge right. allegiance. But to suggest that that isn't superstitious when making the sign of the crosses, or maybe even a better one is, how many of us could cite the, Repo- the Apostles' Creed from memory? Mm-hmm. Very few people in the class can, but we can all do the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. And so the point is, is that that is a story that is becoming embedded in our imaginations, that is helping us make sense of the world from an American perspective. And it's something that is perhaps diminishing our ability to participate in the true story of the world. So another, this is this is happening in the Gospels. Jesus is restoring his disciples. So for example, you have 
uh, think of like Matthew chapter 16. Mm-hmm. You have Jesus and his disciples saying, who do people say that I am? So we're well, the Christ. And they had a very specific story of mm-hmm. what that meant. This means Jesus is going to come into Jerusalem and eventually go to Rome and conquer. That was the story that they believed was going to happen. It was a false story. Right. And he tell, he shows them up by taking them to the side and saying, I must now go to Jerusalem, suffer, die, be crucified and resurrected. And Peter rebukes him by saying, no, that's not, that's not the story, Jesus. You've missed it. He says, get behind me. Satan. Or you have other examples of the disciples saying, who's going to reign at your right hand and your left? And so Jesus over and over again is showing them that part of discipleship is being able to identify the false story that we live in. And this is why he says, carry your cross. Mm -hmm. Because there's a different story that I'm calling you to participate in, not just to believe that I'm the Messiah, but to actually say there is a true story of the world. And that story is found in the Bible. So the reason Bible literacy matters, now getting in your territory, (laughs) isn't just so that we could participate in and be, be better at Bible quizzes, though. That's fine. Be good at Bible quizzes. But the reason Bible literacy matters is because participation in the biblical story matters. Right. You can't participate in a story that you don't know, and you will participate in your default false story regularly. So we try to tell students, hey, all of us, this is true for every single one of us. Maybe, maybe one of the primary false stories is perfectionism, yeah. that we believe that I have to be perfect in order to be loved and accepted, and I need to achieve and find success in things. That's not a true story. Mm-hmm. The true story is that you're loved in the sun. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Matthew and, and restoring. I like the idea of restoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and and I was thinking as you started talking about this, oh, we spend all of our time talking about the true story, but we don't always focus on the false story. But that's not the pattern of Jesus, as that's you're right. pointing out. And I it made me think about uh, the Beatitudes, which mm-hmm. are like the most epic blowing up of false stories if you start to focus in on them like poor blessed are the poor in spirit yes not not those who are materialistic the, not those who are rich in things blessed are those who mourn not the epicureans not those who only experience pleasure uh, blessed are the meek not those who are um, individualists but those who submit themselves to something bigger than themselves blessed are those who hunger and thirst that's yes. railing against perfectionism yes that's right and um, and I just took some notes for next year's <laughs> lecture well I was just I, I mean I've always thought of those as they're a moment they are supposed to be like Jesus shock and awe moment but the reason they are is, is rooted in this idea of story. Yeah, so the way that we are restored to the kingdom of God, or one of the ways we're restored, is through this restoring yeah. of Jesus showing us these false stories don't lead you to pleasure. They don't lead to the good life. But I can lead you into pleasure, lead you into the good life by following my way of being, my story of the world. Really, this is a way of that of restating the idea there's no such thing as the good news without the bad news. We mm. have to stare down what we thought was good news, but is actually bad news so that we can then see the beauty of the true good news. That's right.